This episode is sponsored by Grizz Targets and Archery. Hands down the best targets made right here in Alberta. I'm very thankful to have partnered with these amazing guys putting out high quality products. Their targets range in all sizes. The Backpacker is their most portable target. Great for checking your sights while you're in the backcountry to make sure your arrow is still flying true. This thinner 12 inch by 12 inch target can double as a seat or a flat surface when cooking. Multi-purpose like that is essential when packing light. When you want to have some fun testing your skills at long distances, the Kodiak makes for the perfect target. It boasts a massive 48 inch by 48 inch surface to assure you that you won't be digging in the grass for your arrows. It's also great for when your buddies and you want to shoot together without having to take turns. Grizz makes quality targets affordable with options for interchangeable cells that keep you from needing to buy an entirely new target when the bullseye gets worn. They also have options for frames and stands and targets for field points and broadheads. You want a target that's as tough as you? Get Grizzly Tough with Grizz Targets and Archery. Be sure to check them out at grizztargetsarchery.ca. This episode is sponsored by CND Archery. CND is Alberta owned and operated, offering two pro shops in Rosalind and Malay. Owners Corey and Doug have more than 25 years of combined knowledge and experience to get you set up properly and to maintain your gear for years to come. CND Archery is Canada's only distributor of expedition bows. They carry tons of great gear that you won't find anywhere else. Corey and Doug support local by carrying many Alberta made products from arrows to accessories. Get in touch with the guys on Facebook or Instagram today at CND Archery to set up your visit. Welcome to another episode of Alberta Wildlife Stories. My next guest, Spencer Miller, is an avid fly fisherman, hunter, runner, and father. You can see his passion for the outdoors already being passed down to his kids as he celebrates his success with them on his side. Spencer is no stranger to the backcountry, however he is new to hunting. Something you wouldn't guess had you seen his recent achievements. Spencer, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. Just uh, excited to be on the pod. Thanks for Thanks for having me. Oh, dude, thanks for coming on. I do really appreciate your time and sharing this stuff with me. Yeah, absolutely. So I did want to kind of start with talking to you about a lot of, like, looks like you're doing a lot of fly fishing and uh, wondering how long you've been doing that for. Yeah, man, I, uh, I've been obsessed with fly fishing for probably five or six years. And this will kind of like come out through as we're talking. I have probably as most hunters do though, but like just a problem with just getting too obsessed with one thing. <laughs> and so, so like I grew up in Southern Alberta, probably like, I don't know, 20 minutes from Quade Bruce. Um, he just had on, had on the pod. I think his mom is actually my mom's accountant, <laughs> small, small world. <laughs> so, or something like that. Don't, don't call me on that one, Quade. But, um, so yeah, I grew up in, in Southern Alberta, kind of like right on the Rockies, like fly fishing Mecca but like didn't do a ton of, I did some fishing growing up just for like stocked rainbow trout, but like never really went to the mountains, you know, obviously going after, you know, pikes, loose sharks, whatever. Um, but it wasn't until I was, I think 21 or 22 that I picked up a fly rod. Um, and it just so happened like two of my other good buddies, just like at the exact same time got fly rods and we all just like, what the hell <laughs> we all. So we kind of all figured it out together and like, I'll be embarrassed to say that I didn't even know there was a difference between like a, like a cutthroat trout, 
a rainbow trout, a bull trout. <laughs> so, so very, very green. Even though I grew up fishing my entire life, it was more so like throw a pickler rig out there with, with grandpa with worms on it and just kind of slave the stalkers. But, um, but yeah, started, started fly fishing in, I want to say it was like 2017 or 18. And, uh, yeah, man, just got like really into, into fly fishing the mountain streams and going after like, especially really love cutthroat and bull trout. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of been a, kind of been a a big obsession, uh, the the past couple of years for sure. Yeah, that's sweet. And honestly, yeah, it's funny that you say that with like all the trout species and stuff. Actually, I think I started fly fishing right around the same time. I'd done a lot of like spinning and bait casting. Like I really liked using bait casters for a while there and stuff too. And as you know, like around the city here is just, you know, lots of walleye and pike and stuff. So lots of stuff you can get into with just lures or jigging. And like you said, pickerel rigs with grandpa and stuff. Yeah. But uh, it's funny because like when people ask me like, oh, what's the difference really from like spinning fishing and fly fishing or whatever. And I think one of the biggest things I usually say is like, you could like fish with like open face reels and like your standard fishing gears, like your whole Mm -hmm. life. And then if someone like, if you went to decide to learn to fly fish, it's like you'd start learning all over again. Like it's like, I feel like there's not very much that translates here. (laughs) Oh, totally, man. Yeah. It's like a completely different thing. And that's when I first got into it. uh, Like growing up, I did zero fly fishing. Um, But I lived after high school, I lived in Pennsylvania for a couple of years and met a guy um, who was just like a diehard fly fisherman. Like he, he tied his own flies. He, uh, like just insane. And there's like some really like legendary, like fly fishing waters over in Pennsylvania, like down in the States on the East, East side of the United States. Yeah. And so he, uh, he like opened my eyes and like showed me how to cast and all this stuff. And yeah, it was like, this is completely different. And I think that's kind of why, maybe why I took to like archery as well. I don't know, man. It was just yeah. the, in, not like intimacy, <laughs> like that sounds weird, but, um, <laughs> kind of that word uh of of fly fishing like it's just become like addicting to like i don't know flip flip rocks kind of see what what bugs are underneath instead of just and i have zero like nothing against like spin fishing like traditional like i still do that all the time with like kids it's just like easier sometimes but but i don't know it's just been fun man like they're they're rising and i remember this as a kid like growing up like we would fish these this awesome water and see like trout rising like i remember specifically i went trolling with my grandpa once like right after high school just graduated and we're trolling fishing a lake in southern alberta and it was like just a beautiful morning caddis or or mayflies whatever we're on we're on the surface trout were rising just literally everywhere and we're like just trolling with i can't even remember what spinners or something didn't catch a single fish and (laughs) and that's when i knew like okay there's got to be a better way, not a better way, but like, you know, adding to your, uh, your tool belt here, you know, to catch Absolutely. more fish. And, and it was funny too, cause my, my grandpa fly fished, but he, he just like, he didn't even, I don't know. He's kind of like, uh, we do this and this is the way to do it. We're in the boat. We use this, this lure and this is the way. <laughs> so, but, yeah. but anyways, man. So yeah, that's kind of how, uh, how I got into it. And then, yeah, just kind of became like, I don't know, pretty obsessed. Me and my buddies would just go out like as much as we could. Um, and then I went out a ton like solo as well. And, uh, 
and it was like man it was the best super rewarding would would fish a lot like kind of in and around um you know like those old man uh crow's nest pass all all that kind of area yes yeah. it's, it's kind of the main part up kind of high wood sheep um yeah some some awesome rivers so how about yourself man how uh, how did you get into fly fishing well i was gonna say too like so i do uh i really like your comment about how that kind of translated into bow hunting because i 100 percent like relate to that there's something yeah. about like you're successful at one thing and then you're like i just need to make this harder for some reason or like you said like more intimate or you're like mm -hmm. yeah more personable with nature there or something but yeah. it's funny because I definitely felt that way. Um, and then I did want to mention too, when you said uh, like seeing the trout rise like that, you're like, oh, there's got to be a better way. And I definitely feel like kind of how you said, adding it to your repertoire with like fly fishing and stuff. Yeah. It's like when I first got into fly fishing again, it was like, I have that same kind of borderline OCD where yes, I become dude. like obsessive compulsive <laughs> over like a new, a new hobby. And I just nerd out on it like so hard for like, a good year until i calm down and just add it to the things i like to do dude that's where i'm at um, right now with archery <laughs> yeah and it's funny because like same thing for me with fly fishing like i didn't even touch like any other form of fishing for like two years it was just get good at it i started tying yeah. flies started getting like all into it and everything and then uh yeah it's kind of the same thing where um I don't know if there's, I think there's that YouTube channel. I don't know if they're still, I hope they're still making a lot of stuff, but I was watching, I think they're called like tight loops or something like that. Oh, tight loops. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. They're like high, high quality stuff. Yeah. And I think I ran into one of their YouTube videos and I was just like, yeah, no, I got to try it. I think yeah. I'm like that. Cause I, you know, I wanted to get a lot better at fishing. Like at same thing, fished a lot as a, as a kid. And then as I got older, um, I was doing it here and there and then I got really kind of hard back into it and mm -hmm. once I had those days where you know you're doing 30 40 fish like jigging and you know just slamming walleye or something I kind of yeah. got to like a thing not that it got boring but it was like now I want to try something else and I think like now that I'm not in the obsessive portion of fly fishing it's like <laughs> you can enjoy it a little become, bit more. yeah and it's just become something that like I don't think everyone will agree with this, but I think certain circumstances require certain, um, you what not utilities or utensils or whatever. Like you know, like I'm not going to go throwing spoons at trout anymore. Although that yeah. is something that will work. It's like I think a well positioned fly, hands down, will do that any day, right? But it's like absolutely. I love throwing streamers for like pike and walleye, even like going, getting like a sinking, sinking tip line and yep. like having a, uh, a streamer down there and uh, catching some fish that you wouldn't think you'd catch with a fly. But now I don't really do that because I'm like in some of the settings, like you could still use like dead minnows or something ice mm -hmm. fishing. And it's like that one just hands down just outperform something oh, yeah. else. Yeah. So it's like, now I just kind of use like what seems like the best for what setting where, once I got into fly, I was like, I need to catch everything that I've caught before, but now with the fly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I hear you, man. And like, and it's like similar to hunting, not, not as much, but it can be daunting in the beginning. Like oh, you yeah. have all these different kind of, of, uh, of lines. You have five weight, three weight, seven weight, all these flies. What the hell's a wet fly, dry fly streamer. And mm -hmm. you're just like, like, it's just like, you know a hose in your mouth trying to drink it's like so much information 
And that's how I felt for sure. But I think that's what kind of drew me to it. Um, Cause it wasn't just like, I'm going to hook on the old five of diamonds, chuck her out there. Um, there's yeah. just like so much. And I don't know. I, uh, I became addicted quick and, and kind of like with, with me getting into hunting, it was, yeah. Like YouTube. I just like watched the Orvis how to videos and that was like yeah. my mentor. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then, uh, and then, yeah, like it's, it's definitely fun. Like how it evolves as well. Um, Cause when I first started kind of like you said, like I was the same way OCD, like flies got to be this in this spot in the box. And then also like the fishing was like, almost became like, I just, I had to, go try and catch the biggest fish, the next fish, the smartest fish. And, yeah. and it, it like took away from it, you know, like, and so in the last, really last year and taking my, my wife and two kids out, um, I don't think I even fished by myself. I think it was just with the family. It was mm-hmm. just way more enjoyable as weird as that sounds, not way more enjoyable, but it just like my perspective kind of changed. Like, it's not just all about catching fish. Like, it's like mm-hmm. everything. You're in the mountains, the streams, whatever. And that's like, you can kind of get, I can kind of get lost sometimes, at least for me. Um, yeah. I, I grew up playing sports, was always like very competitive, whatever. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, kind of, kind of had that, not, not like soured at all, but it, it made me like step back and be like, oh, okay. Like, it's a lot funner when I'm, you know, thinking about the whole experience and, and whatever. So. I know you have a young son. Have you had a chance to take him out yet, or he's he's still pretty young? Yeah, well, I've gotten him, uh, actually, yeah, we just got into a little aluminum boat here oh, this sick. year. Actually. Yeah. So I've been loving it, and I never put, I was kind of torn, because I was like, oh, like, I'd love to get, like, an actual motor on the back, but everywhere I kind of want to fish is, like, electric only, too. Yes, yeah. I just threw a just a little kicker on the back, and it puts pretty good for what it is. Um, and yeah so i went out for like the maiden voyage i bought it from a like one of the farmers across from my in-laws property there and yeah uh, we did a little bit of it's pretty minor restoration to it and then kind of did the maiden voyage with a buddy just to make sure everything was you know kosher before i put my kid on there and (laughs) yeah no doubt it had leaks or whatever yeah so but uh Oh, sick, but man. Yeah. That'll, that'll be fun. That'll be, like, the stuff that it's just, like, just for years and years to come, man. It'll just be just the best, oh, being able to take him, just, him out there and stuff. And Well, and now when I, like, look at all the draws I'm buying and stuff for hunting, too. Like, I did take him out fishing, like, the after the maiden voyage. We went out a couple weeks ago, and then, actually, I think I just let you know that before we got in the chat here, I think the other day that um, we're on vacation time now. So, actually, right away here, we're packing up and going into the no cell service backcountry ourselves to go fishing and camping at a lake just north of Edson there that we've really liked uh, yeah. the last couple of years. And so I'll get them out on the boat and go fishing there a bunch too this week. But yeah, that's yeah awesome. I think it's one of those things that like, it's now it's not like, it, I really like how you said that, that your perspective changed. Cause I felt that a lot too, where it used to be like goal orientated. Like I need to catch a fish. And if I do really good one day and then two days later I do terrible. I'm like, I just feel like an idiot. I'm like, what am oh, I doing? Totally, man. Yeah. It's pretty easy to beat yourself up over the failures of both hunting and fishing. And I think it's like, um, you start to have like a more mature perspective as the years go on with it, where all of a sudden it's like not about the size of the fish or how many fish or, you know, it's like just the active 
appreciating nature and being out there and being with people you love doing it or whatever. Oh, totally, some time when you're right totally yeah, man. Yeah. Like what, one thing that always stuck to me, I think it was from those Orvis videos that I watched, but they kind of mm-hmm. like talked about the stages of a fly fisherman, or maybe this was in, oh, I can't remember where I saw this, but it was basically like, you know, you first start fly fishing, you just want to get out there. Like it's just new. You're just figuring out new stuff. You just want to get out there. And then the second stage, you just want to catch the most fish possible you know like and then it's you want to catch the biggest fish and then you want to catch the smartest fish and then like you come back to the start and you just want to get out there and fish and i feel like that's kind of where i'm at right now like i'm we're taking off this week too to head down we're we're going down south and uh yeah my kids and wife now they're both just they all just like love fly fishing now which is sick so it kind of a little bit of pressure i'm like i gotta catch them or they start getting cranky (laughs) but uh (laughs) but but they love getting out there which is cool you know, yeah. like they're super it's happy definitely. just to walk and wade and pick flowers, yeah. throw rocks, whatever. So it's, yeah, it's pretty neat. Yeah. I've just been loving like your content that way. Just, it's just so cool when you see a guy out there with his family doing it and, you know, getting the next generation stoked. Like I love that video of just you in the backcountry with your son sitting on the center console of the yeah. truck. I was just like, that's, that's how it should be. You know what I yeah. mean? Like you're cruising around the campsite, going to launch a boat or going to jump in the river, whatever you're going to do. And it's just, yeah, that's how I remember growing up with my dad, and it's just like, yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more, man. Yeah, um, and, like, and I was just gonna say, he, like, both of our kids will bring up holding a fish like every other day since last summer. So it's, really? like, it's the stuff that like it sticks with them, you know? Like, yeah, they, uh, he he's sure not bringing up like you know the toy that we bought him a month ago. Like that thing's already forgot about, but like it's this kind of stuff. And and that's, I don't know, me and my wife have kind of tried to make a focus of that, like getting out as much as possible camping. And yeah. And then now that I'm like, you know, bow hunting and, and hunting in general, just is the only thing that occupies my mind. It's fishing's now like, okay, I got to do the family stuff in the summer, no more solo missions, but the fall <laughs> is when I'm like, I'm out yeah. there, I'm out there, you know, solo or whatever, hunting, trying to, trying to make that happen. But yeah that's the same with me too now it's like as soon as the fall rings around it's like hey no more like less camping more just get out there and do it like, yeah. well not less camping, but a lot more solo stuff yeah totally man but even with like the tags and like we were saying with the kids changing perspective like um the same thing like having him on the boat like when he was out the one time it's you know i could be on the boat for eight or nine hours if i wanted to be like go out insanely early in the morning like well it's still dark launch in the dark get out you know yeah but it, like now it's funny like you say you're like out for an hour and it's like all right let's get some snacks and get out yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally but, but uh i also think about now too with like the draws that i'm kind of coming up for and then the ones that are longer down the road and i'm just constantly thinking about like how old's my son going to be when like this draw comes through? How old is he going to be when I have the potential to draw this antelope or this like goat or this yes. sheep or whatever, right? Like all of a sudden you're like, these could be like insane moments of him growing up or getting on like some bigger hunts if he wants to go or if it's something I can do with him or whatever, right? Like all of a sudden he's in every single like future endeavor idea and it's kind of cool that way. For oh, sure. totally, but, man. I was thinking of that as well. I'm uh, basically a, like square one when it comes to draws. I, mm-hmm. I put in when I was a kid, missed a few years and, you know, reset, whatever. And, mm-hmm. uh, but now I'm like, okay, when, when, and if I get my moose or an elk tag or whatever, my son will be like 10 to 12 or whatever. So he'll like actually be able to like 
enjoy it, understand what's going on. Well, hopefully enjoy it. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've been thinking of that, that as well. Like that'll be just yeah. so cool, you know? Absolutely. Um, so, and then you said you, so now you're up in the city now too. You're in Edmonton yourself as well. I live in Edmonton. Yeah, man. I, uh, work brought me here. Um, so yeah, grew up in Southern Alberta. We actually spent three or four years in Saskatoon, uh, for work and then moved here in the, at the beginning of 2022. Oh, wow. So like, yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, just, just barely. Yeah. And it's been and so I guess about a year now. What do you do for work there? Uh, so I export trucks for a living, like pickup trucks. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. So I work for a company. We export trucks and we're the, like the sister company to a U.S. dealership group. Yeah. And so all of our trucks head down to the States and then they go to one of four dealerships down there. So there's myself and a couple other guys. We buy a couple hundred trucks a month and, and send them down to the States. So crazy. Yeah. It's, it's different for sure. It's actually, I got into this because I was going to school. We got pregnant. We were not yet trying to have kids. We were like very newly married. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and it was actually my uncle's company. They started this and then, yeah, they, uh, just kind of wanted to bring on another buyer and so i i uh took saskatchewan for uh for a couple years and then now kind of cover edmonton and it's been awesome for specifically for hunting man like especially for like the bow zone i've bought a ton of trucks from like older rich guys that live on like acreages outside of town and they're like oh hit me up in the fall i'll let you on and stuff i'm like holy crap <laughs> all right <laughs> <laughs> which is like we've talked about in the past like oh, not an easy thing to do in this zone totally like, man totally yeah. <laughs> and it's cool uh i did want to kind of give a shout out i don't know if you've been in the year that you're here i imagine maybe but have you heard of or been to uh reed's fly shop i haven't been to reed's fly well i've, I've definitely heard of reed's but i haven't i haven't yeah. been yeah dude that's kind of a little plug but i would 100 percent uh go and say what's up to reed there and everything he's a super nice guy um Totally, man. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say he's over on the West End, like Mayfield Common kind of area. Okay. And uh, it's such a sweet little local shop. Like, and I didn't know about it for quite a while. And he's still, I think he, I'm going to get beat up if I get that wrong. But I think he's (laughs) just celebrating five years now. Okay. Still relatively new. Um, But yeah, man, it's just, I've gone in there for tying materials and he just, that's so much stuff there that between the other two big name distributors in town, like you just won't find really from them at all, whether oh, it's totally man. And if you can support those guys over the big boys, oh. yeah, all, all day long for sure. Yeah. But so I highly recommend checking it out just because of the, the unique stuff, the unique rods and reels he has and like really good prices for everything. And then he taught, like he's usually in there just tying when you walk in and it's like, I'm pretty sure it's like him and a couple other local dudes that just tie for the shop. Oh, cool. So it's like even everything there, it's without a doubt, pretty much supporting somewhat local, but yeah, I just I, didn't know new to the city. It was like, yeah, that's somewhere you got to go for sure. Absolutely, but. man. Yeah. I've, uh, man, I, I tried to get into to tying and I did, but I don't know. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not quite there. <laughs> it's, yeah it's it can be tricky for sure i'll tie like big ugly streamers because they're super easy to tie yeah um just like the bull trout just love them kind of a thing yeah. but other like the small stuff uh it's not for me <laughs> well i definitely find for myself it's even like well i'll get a bunch of material for like a few specific patterns yeah and then it's like most guys will just go hard they'll be doing like 
they'll go until their materials out and they'll have like you know a hundred clink hammers or like a freaking hundred atoms dry flies or whatever yeah. you know like they'll just have like like freaking 200 nymphs with different bead heads or whatever and i just i can't sit down for that long i'm like oh i'm the same dude i'll do like five or six so i have like a box right now that's like this will probably last me for the summer and into the fall and everything and yeah. it's like and then I just won't touch my fly tying stuff until that's kind of almost running out. And then I'll do like another five or 10 of each where the other hand is most people just tie like all the time, like every night, yes. just be like five or 10 or 20. I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So, but yeah, it, I, yeah. I was going to say, if I didn't have kids and stuff, I feel like I potentially, but, yeah. <laughs> and I don't care who you're talking to. You are not saving money. No, dude, that's like, like 50 bucks for like some pheasant tails. Like, give me a break. Like, <laughs> it's for sure. Uh, it's for sure one of those things that like how you justify it. You're like, oh, yeah. yeah. And I, think, I mean, that's like the epitome of what we're talking about. We're like, oh, yeah, we're going to get into hunting to save money on meat. And then you're like, but this no. bow sight dude and this rifle sight dude, you're like. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's when you feel the pressure when fall comes. You're like, gosh, I dropped all this money. And now I really got to. <laughs> perform 100 <laughs> percent. it does help when you fill the freezer that that is for sure yeah yeah it definitely Probably takes bad. the edge off but and i think it's there becomes that kind of still appreciation of getting out there and doing it yeah if, if things don't go through but yeah um well i just wanted to ask you real quick man it looks like you've been shooting some 3d where where do you yeah. shoot in town are you at bow benders or where where do you shoot? Uh, we're actually just over at the uh with like being closer to Strathcona County and everything. Um, we're at the Sherwood Park Archery Club, which is... Oh, yeah, okay. I've heard of that one. Yeah, they're just east of the city there. And it's a good membership price. And they do a really good job out there. They've got uh, an indoor range that's 20 yards. That's like, yeah, it's pretty much like membership only. And yeah, you pay for the membership and have get the access to go and shoot yeah um so they have like an indoor heated space for the winter is really nice and then right next to that they've got a range that's like a football field that goes out to 100 yards and they oh, just have these sweet. huge like huge uh i don't know what they are like maybe like four feet by four feet like maybe even bigger like mm -hmm. six by six like huge targets that you can just go pin up your own target to oh, okay probably like 15 of those big squares out there from anywhere they've got yeah same thing like from 20 40 50 60 all the way up to 100 yards um and then they've got probably about 30 to 40 3d targets there's like two trails you can go through back there for 3d so um i mean i know bowbenders is really good there's a few really good ones around the city for sure but yeah. it's just nice. it's close to home and everything too and there's oh, some yeah. pretty i think everybody gets kind of their favorite shots that they have in their 3d loops and stuff yeah. kind of like so yeah oh, and there's okay, cool. a couple really cool shots there it's, I, I really like the trails they have through there they've got some nice like stairs going over some running creeks and everything and some of their shots are deceiving you take a shot that's like you know 70 80 yards and it looks like it's like 50 but as you start to walk through like walk up to the yeah. target you like yeah going downstairs crossing a little creek and like little river thing and then going back up a hill and you don't even realize you just shot over this like whole gully kind of thing so yeah there's some pretty cool shots there for sure yeah it's just so fun too like last summer um so like where i shoot it's not a range at all i live just on the south side of town and basically 
there's just a spot kind of by Black Mud Creek where I've snuck into, and I can like stretch it out to like 80 yards, but it's like nice. on the right in between some houses and stuff. So I'll like be shooting, and occasionally somebody with a dog will walk by and just like give me a really weird look. Nobody's called the cops on me yet, so I'm like just gonna. It's like a minute away from my house, so I'm just gonna like rock it till something happens. But um, mm-hmm. but last summer uh, when we were camping, we were actually doing another kind of fishing trip. And we were we were camping, and my wife and kids were all sleeping, just kind of midday siesta. And uh, yeah. generally, I would like go out and go fish, but I was like, man, I'm just gonna go shoot the bow. And like went up on the hills and stuff, set it up, kind of like my own little 3D course almost. And yeah. uh, dude, it was so fun, and it's like so good for hunting season. So you're not just like 40, 50, 60, 40, 20. You know, you're actually getting mm-hmm. like different angles and whatever else. And yeah, it was fun. For sure. There was something about that, yeah, that it gave me like more confidence in a weird way than just shooting a, a block at those yards. Even yeah. though I really like primarily that's what I do too. Like um our like the the company I work for is my in-laws company and mm-hmm. we all like our shops at their farm. So some days I'll just jump into work at like an hour early or something and go like just shoot the bow for you know half hour, forty five minutes before going in and getting ready for work and stuff. Yeah, heck yeah. So it's that- nice. I was, I was gonna say it sounds like you're pretty into like archery from I yeah, listen to like well, all the other podcasts sounds like that's that's pretty big to you right now yeah i appreciate yeah you listening to them and checking them out and stuff um yeah it's uh like you said with uh what we've been talking about like with the ocd i definitely yeah. have that with both rifle and archery and sometimes i find myself going a little bit back and forth now yeah yeah. rifle hunting like when the rifle hunt season comes up if i was unsuccessful with the bow it's kind of like uh you know like i it's tough because then i'm not sure if you're fully aware or not because it seems like you're still going outside of the bow zone for some stuff but i find at least it gets pretty quiet once rifle season opens like all the Mm -hmm. pressure of the bow zone leaves so i'm like a lot i'm still really tempted to stay in the oh, bow zone totally yeah but uh yeah it's uh it's funny because the same I, i'm definitely hands down like really wanting to do more bow hunting than rifle stuff like yeah is the direction i've kind of been going this whole time but there is times like i'll go to like the rifle range with my brother-in-law and stuff and like he primarily rifle hunts and it's yeah. like when him and I shoot together, I'm like, we we kind of nerd out on all of the like MOA stuff and all yeah. the like, long distance like steel gong stuff, and we yeah. just kind of nerd out. Well, and I just get really into like, oh, dude, this is a blast. <laughs> yeah, hard <laughs> because well, I do. I love it both. But, I hear yeah. you, man. I, and I think archery for me right now is just like the availability, kind of like we've talked about. Like, like yeah. you're able to go like an hour before work, and you can just like go sling them for an hour or whatever. And well, like for me, was... where I sneak off to, it's like two minutes away from my house, so I can just yeah. like, you know, at, at eight o'clock at night, like my wife's put the kids down, I'll go sneak off and go shoot for an hour or so. And it it's tough too, and like the it's it's that availability, and then like the hunting season, it's like I can't yeah. just hunt for a month. Like totally, uh, that's what got me into archery, hands down. Was like, okay, I can start September. And, you know, just at least be out there and learning more and putting more experience out there, like getting more experience out there. And then like, then all of a sudden you see all those general archery tags, like especially Bozone, it's like oh. general, your general moose, general this and that. And you're just like, okay, like 
why am I not doing that? Right. So yeah, it's... I can wait. And in, in some of the areas that I'm applying for like mule deer or whatever, it's like, okay, I can wait five to 10 years or I can just hunt a general with a, with a yeah. bow, you know? So it's like, yeah. Which totally. we know is going to be tough. Cause I feel like yeah. those general zones will be pressured. And I mean, yeah. But in the same instance, it's like, that or sitting there and not doing it for <laughs> oh totally man and like with archery too like it's just the tinkering that i've really like oh. it's just become so fun and i i'm not yet i won't lie i have i don't know how to tune my own bow yeah i i've owned a bow for about a year and a month <laughs> i haven't yeah. i haven't got yet to being able to tune it but the boys at jimbo's have got it like it's a tack driver and then i've kind of just just diving into like light versus heavy arrows mm -hmm. or you know your helical six degree two degree clocking to yeah. the left to the right it's just become so fun <laughs> so it is you know so it's just been fun to like dive down all those little rabbit holes making the jump to um a thumb barrel release instead of like a trigger mm -hmm. and you know those kind of things so well I, I find the difficulty too is there's so much personal preference in it oh, that yeah. it's like and unfortunately, at some point, the only way to figure out the personal preference is to like spend the money and that's the thing. and then try it, you know. So, and then then it sucks too because if you don't like it off the bat, well, it might be just because you're not used to it, right? Like I've yes. heard lots of guys buy those like thumb releases, and it's like, well, I didn't like it. And I think actually, I think Adrian mentioned that um, mm -hmm. from Straight Student Outdoors that he hated it for like three or four months or something, and then it's all of a sudden like now I love it or something, you know, all of a sudden you get used to it and you're like, Oh, this is actually sweet. So it's, it's so tough to really know, but it's true. And then I think with like tuning, I'm, I'm the same way that like, I don't have a bow press, but I've gotten into a lot of tuning stuff on my own bow and a lot of these newer bows. It's, you can do a lot of like finite adjustments to them without needing, yeah. you know, a bow press, like you can change your poundage. You can, yeah, move your peeps. Like you can do a lot of stuff, new D loop, whatever. There's still yeah. lots of little things you can do without needing it. But that was some someone I mentioned before that I would also just encourage you to check out too is that um, average Jack Archery on YouTube. I don't know if you, there's other oh, content, yeah. but I, I've definitely is. I've definitely been watching him. I think he's from Pennsylvania, yeah. actually. Yeah, he just opened um, up a store. I think like not even a year ago or something like okay. that. Like he's just got a storefront. But yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, dude, so cool. And I think he's a teacher or something like that. He's just like this like pretty chill teacher. And then well, I think now maybe he's full time at the his shop, but yeah. Yeah, it's just cool to see him get successful because he just put a lot of really technical things into like layman's terms and explained a lot yeah. of stuff that seems fun to nerd out on. And that's but you mentioned oh sorry, go sorry. ahead. Man. No, no, you you go ahead. I'm gonna I was just go gonna ahead. say like and today you just like everything is accessible to you. Yeah. just on youtube you know like yeah. you can find out everything especially like like hunting like when i jumped into archery and then i just really like for whatever reason just wanted to have like that september bugling bull elk experience and yeah. it's like daunting i've like seen an elk like four times before in a park <laughs> you know so i'm like oh yeah. where to start but like it's just all like if you're really willing to like dive in and do the work and stuff like it's all just just right there for it's you. Uh, yeah that is so true it's a very much it's a really weird time to be living in that way but a really cool time for sure yeah totally um that did kind of lead me to bringing up so i mentioned in the intro that you're like newer to hunting or whatever and then you mentioned that you bought your bow like a year and a half ago from what i could kind of gather and i don't know if this is accurate or not but it looked like you shot one of your first 
fucked with a rifle like two years ago? Yeah. So, so that kind of goes back to, um, so my earlier years, like growing up, I, uh, yeah. grew up in a hunting family. Um, yeah. like my grandpa and my, my dad was raised up by GP Grand Prairie and yeah, he was nice. just super into hunting, like lived, yeah. lived by, it, especially archery too. My grandpa as well. Um, yeah. and then, um, when I was a kid, my dad passed away. And so yeah. gro- growing up, there wasn't like a, um, kind of like a little blip where I, I didn't hunt a ton with, you know, kind of how some like your father takes you out kind of a deal. Um, yeah. so I mainly went out with just like friends. Like I grew up in a town of like 3000 people and there's Southern Alberta. There's a lot of, a lot of whitetail and, and whatever else. So like I shot a few growing up, but it was more so like just kind of cruising around cause we were bored and had a tag in our pocket. And so yeah. it, it just wasn't like, I don't know. Like it was fun and everything, but mainly cause I was with my friends. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I basically took like an eight year hiatus from hunting, got really into fly fishing. And then, uh, I think in 2020, my little brother, who's like my hunting partner now. Um, and he, he was always into hunting. He would like, would go with my grandpa a ton. And like, it was funny cause he like would shoot, he shot like a kick-ass cinnamon spring bear in high school. And I was just like, oh, nice. cool. And like, didn't ask a thing about it, <laughs> you know? So I definitely had the opportunities, yeah. but I was just kind of like, uh, eh, football and girls, you know, that was kind of occupied. It's totally. I the same way I was, um, my, like my dad didn't do a lot of hunting. He did a lot of like fishing in general. Okay. Yeah. And I got more into hunting when I was like out of after high school, but it's kind of, it's funny that way that like, it's like all around you and then, and you don't even really like pay attention to it or really think much of it. And then all of a sudden you're like, you know, I wish we talked about it. Yeah, totally, man. Yeah. And I, and yeah. I kind of wrote it off. I'm like, nah, not for me. Like I like to fish. Yeah. I'm a fish, yeah. you know? <laughs> and then, yeah. um, in 2020, he convinced me to buy just like some leftover cow elk tags. Nice. And, it, and I'm trying to remember if it was in September, October, but anyways, like you can have just fantastic fly fishing in the fall, you know, like yeah. the, the bulls are hungry, the trout are hungry in general. And I was like, yeah. man, like, I don't know. But anyways, I was like, okay, let's do it. So we hiked into some public land. We didn't know like shit all about elk. It's just like yeah. your classic new hunter. You walk into an area and you're like, oh, this is elky. But it's like, you don't know anything. Um, so we just like hiked into like some public land and we were going and going. And then we saw like we came into like kind of a big opening and we were like, I guess like the rolling hills as they approached the Rockies. Yeah. And just clear as day about probably a thousand ish yards away, big old black bear feeding on the side of a, of a South slope. Wow. And we looked at each other. We're like, did this just turn into a bear hunt? We're like, Oh yeah. <laughs> and no he, had, he had a bear tag in his pocket. And so then wow. we, we made the play on him, and the wind was just perfect. Stiff wind right in our face. So we like, we made the stock and got to like, we were literally within 40 to 60 yards. And, like it was one of the first times where the adrenaline rush I had, man, was just incredible. Like it was one I'd like never had before. Yeah, you, you don't know? get that anywhere else. Oh, like, it's hard to wear. yeah, and like, it's like that doesn't go away. You know, <laughs> no, it, it does not, man. So we yeah. we get on this bear, and uh, my little brother puts the pin on him, and we like look at each other, and we're like, okay, let's do this thing, and he he shoots, and we thought he hit him, 
And the bear like immediately starts running off and he ran into uh, some super thick trees. And uh, just like a rookie mistake, um, I immediately was like, let's go after him when we should have, you know, just like let him let him do his thing. Yeah. If, if he's hit, let him let him expire. But I was like, run down there and uh, kind of a rookie mistake. And we and we went down there and then we kind of went up to where he was at looking for blood and whatever. And a couple minutes had passed by, hadn't seen anything, hadn't seen the bear. And I looked down, and exactly where we were standing, here he comes, just trotting past, right where no we way. were. And and then he was he ran out of our lives, and we we never found a drop of blood. I think he missed yeah. him entirely. <laughs> oh man! But that was kind of like the gateway drug to getting back into hunting. Yeah. Um, well. Yeah, it was incredible. <laughs> we didn't even get anything. No, but that adrenaline rush, I think, too, like you say, like, all of a sudden, you're just like, okay, like, I don't know, like, I know I was talking with, uh, like, just Seth about that the other day when he mentioned the, like, you know, if you got 3500 bucks in your pocket and you, you want to shoot that cougar, it's like, it doesn't matter if that cougar crosses the road or not, like, you're not going to get that cougar unless he crosses the road, no matter how much yeah. money you throw at it, right? So it's like, when you mentioned, like, so much stuff is attainable on YouTube and so much stuff is, like, attainable these days it's like yeah we do live in a you know like i mean in north america a way that a lot of things are right at our fingertips that like yeah. you know, if you work hard enough at it and yeah you're able to you know put your mindset towards it you should be able to accomplish it but it's like it's just so funny how like hunting you know, there's just so many factors at play there that you could throw all the money and all the time and all the effort at it and it still could just it's go true, the total man. other direction it's and and if you haven't put in the work, like it's not, it's not going to come together. No matter all mm -hmm. the Sitka, whatever you, you buy, like you have to put yeah. in the work. And, yeah. and that's the kind of like going back a little bit to what you were saying. Like, that's the cool thing that w when I like stumbled across your podcast, um, I was just like super stoked because like there really isn't anything like Alberta, Alberta based for podcasts. And I've been like for work, I do a ton of driving. So like I've, been listening to nothing but podcasts for like five years a bunch of hunting stuff and yeah. that's just been like missing so when sean shared this on his story i'm like oh sick and then right. uh yeah like it's it's awesome because there's a lot of misconceptions like i was just listening to a um a brian call podcast the other day like gritty yeah. and yeah. Yeah. and they were kind of lamenting tags and whatever else down in the states like all these west guys coming to the west to hunt and they were like kind of talking about guarding the gate but like you know we need to get more people into hunting even though um it means more hunters but we have a stronger voice and then he was saying mm -hmm. kind of like we could end up like canada and we don't want that and i'm like hey hold on a second man like you yeah. know like kind of the misconception that you know we we can't do anything but it's like hey any alberta hunter and and bc as well you can be hunting elk mule deer multiple like you were mentioning in a couple podcasts you can hunt like several does and whatever in the bow zone and you yeah. can just go hunt sheep over the counter and like so we have like such a great resource and that's why it's so cool to have this podcast because it like kind of helps you connect the dots on a lot of things i i think for guys it's going to help that you know because there was that missing from like the the alberta space i feel like yeah yeah i i, I appreciate that too and i i think something along those lines i it's kind of surprising me as well in the sense that it's not something that's like 
taken off crazy huge or anything but it's got like enough of a listenership now like more than i expected in the like three weeks that i put yeah, out there, you just you know? started yeah totally yeah and then it's like and i'm not you know most people listen to a podcast because they're like oh i know this dude and he's well renowned for that like i'm a freaking nobody still in the bozone you know what i mean like i'm not trying to make a name for myself through this at all it's more just trying to promote like and have a platform for people to come on and talk about their success and what they do here because yeah a lot of that kind of gets left out and a lot of it kind of you know there is so much here and there is so many people here and like you said there's so much opportunity and so many species and yet it's like it just briefly gets mentioned on so many other things it's just like yeah it's just in yeah, Alberta bow hunting or something and it's like yeah no go like tell me more about where in Alberta you're bow hunting because that's crazy that's where I'm from and then it's like and then yeah. it's like going to the stories about every other New Zealand thing and this and that and it's like yeah, yeah, I'm the same way, man. Like, if if I'd ever seen like an Alberta guy featured on some other podcast, that like that was like the first thing I listened to because it's home, right? Like, yeah, you know, it's yeah. cool hearing about elk in Nevada, but it's like I'm never gonna probably hunt elk in Nevada, but I'm gonna hunt yeah. elk in Alberta. So, so yeah, it's it's cool for sure. What made you and, like want to jump into that? Like, it's obviously not a small undertaking. Like, you've you're like fully committed, <laughs> obviously, to this point. <laughs> it's funny it's funny that you asked that too but i like same as you like i listen to a lot of podcasts i think i've mentioned that in quite a few episodes like i yeah. listen to it like everybody has their staples and yeah. there's a few comedy podcasts now i just can't like put down and just get me through yeah. monday laughing or something like that you know yeah totally. and then i actually got into and i actually think i mentioned this at the end of the episode with quaid there that there's a lot of small podcasts that i listen to that have you know they're like they're not downfalls but like you know they're happy accidents and you know poor quality things like this isn't the greatest quality sometimes i'm trying to get better at like the audio quality and stuff and it's like you know it but there's a lot of semi-amateur podcasts out there that i'm still like diehard listening to because the content is like that's what i want to hear you know totally man and so the more i started listening to podcasts that and i was just like man I'd do a podcast one day. Like I, I, if anybody knows me and or my friends or something like that, it's like, they know, they can't shut me up sometimes <laughs> yeah. passionate talks about stuff like that. So totally. it's a good like outlet for talking about this kind of stuff, but I don't, yeah. I just honestly kind of put it out there. I was like, I think it would be cool. And I think it'd be cool just even for myself to talk to people and get to know people. And I think a big reason was cause I, for quite a few years I've been following all these guys and seeing all these pictures and stuff. And, you know, I just didn't really feel like I knew anybody still like I yeah. seen that they were successful and there was all this going on, but it, it just was like, but who are you and what do you do? Right. So I felt like mm-hmm. it was a good uh, platform for people to kind of share with the rest of Alberta. You know, if, if they had a, a business or an outfit or anything like that or themselves, like it gives someone to be like, Oh, if, I don't have time to tell you the story, but if you want go listen to this episode number of the podcast and whatever, right? Like it's some oh, way that people that. can share their story with lots of people, a way that people can share who they are and stuff. So I more started it for, yeah, the sake of just everybody else. Like I, I'm yeah. not too concerned if people know who I am at the end of the day, but uh, yeah. And like, is- Oh, I was just going to say like, for me, it was kind of like most, like as meat eater would put it late onset hunters or whatever they call. Um, yeah. It was, I had a friend introduce me to the meat eater podcast 
and started mm-hmm. listening to that. And then I saw it on YouTube, or sorry, not YouTube, on Netflix, but I thought it was like a cooking show because it's called Meat Eater. Yeah. So I never watched it, but yeah. my friend like told me like, hey, dude, you should watch this. And then watched it and saw that like, okay, hunting, you can do this a completely different way than you've done it. And it really, yeah. it really intrigued me. It wasn't just like, hey, let's go drive around and we'll go blast something. But like, you can put everything on your back. You can hike into the wilderness. You can respect this yeah. animal and you can like do it a completely different way. And then like listening to specifically like the meat eater podcast, um, it just completely changed my perspective, you know, and that's I, like the cool thing. I definitely agree with, that. I definitely had a similar perspective, especially like when I got back into hunting or got into it myself, it was like growing up, like I said, because my dad never really hunted. I had the, uh, the similar kind of, I don't know. I had this Alberta perspective that was like, especially like being more from a city or just around the city and stuff. It was like, Mm -hmm. I I had this thought in my head that if you were going to hunt, you needed to, you know, have a shop space where you're like, you know, basically bleeding out an animal and letting it hang for like a week and then harvesting the meat from it. And you needed all this processing equipment. So I had it in my mind that like, if you were going to commit to doing it, you needed to have like all of this other crap set up before you did it. And then, Totally. I think some of it was like the older meat eater episodes that I had seen. And then like, uh, I started watching videos on like the gutless method. I think I've talked to a couple of guys about like the gutless method too. Of like, you know, and then all of a sudden I was like, dude, like I was thinking you need a truck. And I mean, I got a 250 now, but in the past, yeah. like, I was driving like a Jetta and I was like, <laughs> dude, I could quarter it out and put it in the trunk of my Jetta. You know, <laughs> totally like, man. Like I remember thing. the same thing. I was like, yeah. Like I always thought the same. I was like, I gotta have a quad because I gotta have a quad to drag it out, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, no, you just cut it up in the field. You just pack it out on your back, kind of a thing. If you can't get a quad to it, or you know, whatever. Yeah. And uh, yeah, dude, same same thing. Yeah. It's totally. too funny. But uh, so you were saying that yeah, you guys got on that one bear. That okay. You yeah. And yes. then no, that's just that's fine. But uh, I was just trying to think. So then. From there, like, did you do some rifle hunting or you were like, I'm getting a bow and doing the bow thing or? Uh, so, so not quite to the bow and like knowing myself, cause I had like lots of people tell me like, oh dude, you should buy a bow. Cause I've had a couple friends that have bows and stuff, but I knew myself like, it's like, no, no, I will get addicted. I can't yeah. <laughs> do this. <laughs> and, um, yeah. then the following year, uh, my brother pulled a, uh, an elk tag for Southern Alberta, pretty sought after some, some really nice bulls. And, um, and I think actually that exact same year he pulled a mule deer tag for the same kind of area. Yeah. And, um, so we were planning just to go out and go hunt for elk. And I, I drove from, this is still when I lived in Saskatchewan, drove down from Saskatchewan. We got there. He had shot his mule deer like that day, drug it out. It was hanging up. He's like, Hey, do you want to go look for some whitetails? Just, kill some time i'm like yeah why not and um his father his father-in-law has some some pretty sweet whitetail land so we just went down to a into a coulee kind of like a, a field along the river nice. and um same thing man just so much adrenaline the deer were out they were rutting around and uh i mean the deer i shot was like maybe score 100 <laughs> just like yeah. he was little but like i saw him and i was just like yeah let's do this he handed me his rifle put it on him probably we were within like 100 yards and and blasted him and uh, just made it made a good shot and that was the first animal that i like 
wanted to like you know really wanted to like make it you know connect on and stuff and and so that that was cool as well so we um we we drug him out he, we got butchered and i just had the whole thing turned into jerky and uh, yeah. and it was awesome and then the next day we went out for elk and i feel like a lot of new hunters do this maybe even experienced hunters but like you just hike and that's what we did we we went into this area and we just hiked and hiked and hiked and then we actually came into a little meadow and there was just nothing but elk shit and looking back now it was dark timber with like a draw with a little creek coming down into a meadow and it's like they come out here in the night probably they like they're grazing whatever and then they go back into the dark timber during the day but at that time we were like hmm noted and then we just walked hiked like another <laughs> You know, and so needless to say, we did not get anything that trip. Uh, yeah, and then unfortunately, he didn't he didn't fill that tag. But uh, but yeah, it just kind of kept growing, man. And then um, the following year, so the following spring, I had moved to Edmonton, and was getting like a lot more like, okay, I think I want to hunt. Um, yeah. and and we went on a spring bear hunt, and uh, didn't get any black bears. We ran into like probably four or five grizzlies which was kind of crazy. Um, yeah, we ran into a bunch of grizzlies, one at like 70 yards, just kind of grazing. It was just super cool. Um, wow. The grizzly, the whole grizzly numbers is a whole different topic. I'm sure that that can get heated sometimes. Yeah. But, uh, seems like there's a lot of those guys, but anyways. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, my brother had bought a bow a couple months uh, before that. And, and this is probably like, june he asked me to go to jimbo's just to pick something up for him and yeah. so i went in there and they're like hey just so you know everything all bows are 10 percent off i'm like ah shit i'm buying a bow <laughs> so that's <laughs> that's just kind of how it how it started so i just bought like uh kind of your entry-level hoyt bow but nice. um but yeah man just shot the ever-loving crap out of it and that's why i kind of win my perspective changed on hunting again and kind of just like a life perspective as well as 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 weird as this sounds some guys might kind of like as i name a couple of these people like roll their eyes and that's totally okay but um i kind of started following and and i listened to like cam haynes book and uh take what you will obviously he's you know he's a crazy guy like what he all accomplishes and everything but kind of took like okay you need to like work hard if you want to do this it's not like in the years past it's kind of been like show up that day walk around and like shit no animals go home you know yeah um so i just like try to take it like pretty seriously and like really had like the goal of like i really i don't even know if i'll get an elk i don't even know hardly anything about an elk but like i just really wanted to like get like that experience of like bugling with an elk and like having that exchange um and so that's kind of like yeah, that's kind of the goal I'd set. And I'm sure you like you've had similar things like I know you've talked about moose before and like how like that's just kind of like really been like a cool experience for you like with rutting moose and and whatever else, but yeah. Yeah, having that conversation's wild. I haven't done the I was talking about that I think it was some prior to. I haven't bugled for like that's 100% on the to-do list as well. Oh, but, yeah, man. That's just so wild. I was like you know, hearing even from like you doing it and guys doing it, like that's just a, such a crazy conversation to be having with a bugle. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And, and yeah. it's, and it's another kind of daunting one. Cause like, 
you know, you're like, you just kind of start YouTubing stuff and Googling stuff, trying to do your research. Um, and I'd started following guys kind of like elk shape, um, go yeah. hunt kind of those channels, kind of like looking into like, okay, look at harvest statistics, look at draw odds. Uh, yeah. not, sorry, not draw odds, but just like what, you know, kind of the numbers of animals getting killed in which WMUs and those kind of things. And uh, yeah. even though I lived in Edmonton, I really wanted to hunt in Southern Alberta just cause like, that's kind of where I grew up. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's, I just kind of dove head first. So I just, man, I just shot my bow a ton, like every, like every day I just started yeah. running, um, was never a runner at all, but, um, started really Dude. getting, getting into running. I don't want to like cut you off there oh, like no. I just kind of interject and say it's i just had such a similar thing with that so when you're talking about cameron haynes you're talking about his book endure right yeah yeah totally um, so i did the same thing i listened to it as an audiobook the same way as listening to podcasts like driving yep. around for work and uh you know i know same thing like you said a lot of people will say what they will or whatever and you know all these guys whether it's like steven Rennell or like all the big name dudes and you know cameron haynes and his story and david goggins and all that stuff like oh, i, love I feel like yeah and i feel like they they're making such an impression on so many people and yeah. it's just fun talking to you because i feel like man we've got such similar like i don't know transitions in life and things that yeah. we've done like it's just so funny to talk about but actually listening to cam was i had i had smoked a lot like after like out of high school like i'm 30 now so yep i had smoked like a pack a day for like eight or nine years from like wow. after high school till now yep. and then and it was like sometimes more than a pack sometimes a little less like but it was hard smoking yep. for nine years or so and then it was actually like listening to his book changed my life that way too and i was like dude like is this something I want to do? What am I doing smoking out there? What am I doing? You know, making it harder on myself and shit. And I quit smoking a year ago when I listened to his book there. And I'm actually just like a year now that I haven't smoked. Yeah, Dude, congratulations, man. Thank like, you. But it's, it's funny. Cause like the way you say that, like you started running, like I, I dude, I immediately started doing the same thing. I quit smoking. <laughs> and started running. Yes. I didn't do any like marathons like you've done or like the half marathons or anything, but, and I would love to, but it was just funny because I went into this binge of like, and you know, as much as people might, and I have my own reserved thoughts about, you know, okay, yeah, he's a little like, like crazy yeah. hard or whatever. Yeah. But it's still like, that's still a, you know, for as much as people want to argue it or be like, well, he's too intense or like, well, you go to do it with a bull and that's it or whatever. Yeah. He's a bull hunter. Like for all the flack the guy can get, it's like, you know what? That dude's out there tell like preaching a lifestyle where like, you're not drinking, you're taking care of your shit, you're making sure you're healthy and able to do the things you love at a ripe old age, like, yep. hell yeah, of a um, lot better of, like, a role model than 99% of other guys. Man, I, yeah. I couldn't agree more. Like, yeah. listening to that book just made me realize, like, dude, you could just be doing so much more with your life. Yeah. And, and I don't know, and then that's, like, hunting just became kind of the forefront, and I don't know, man, like, I personally, like, I, I, I work hard for my family to take care of my family so, so I can try and have my, my, my wife stay home. But I'm just like, I'm not like, I'm not geared to be like business is my drug kind of a guy. Yeah. yeah. I would, sometimes I wish I was because like the amount of, you know, effort I put into hunting and these other things, I'm like, man, if I could put this into starting my own business, but I'm not really wired that way. And I'm not really like ashamed about it. Yeah. But, but listening to Cam made me realize like, 
you can still do so much more. And yeah. um, it's really just had, yes, yeah, such a positive impact on my life. And like, yeah, it's, it's cool. And I would like, man, I would just recommend it to anybody. Like if you're feeling kind of stuck or whatever to, I don't know, it kind of just, it can throw your life upside down for the better kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, when I think cool. like you say, it's so easy for our mental state, like in our, like that voice inside our head or whatever to like it, like giving up is the easy thing to do. You know yeah. what I mean? Like to be like, oh, screw it. I'm going to sleep in an extra 10 minutes. Or like, totally, oh, screw it. I'm going to just sit on the couch and not go out today and do that or whatever. Like that's, yeah. that's the easy way out. And I think like you can take that easy way out your whole life and then you're going to have like potentially an immense amount of guilt at the end or not guilt, but like, maybe resentment or something at the end of it absolutely like or you could just force yourself through situation or not even force yourself but like look at things and be like man people have it so much worse off like it's i can just go up and do this and it's really not as hard as my brain's making it out to be and and it's so rewarding man like you you start doing those kind of things and you just walk around feeling better and wanting to do more and like you say just like doing everything you can for your family but also getting out there enjoying it and stuff it's like yeah, it changes your life for the better and can turn it upside it really down does. in a good way. But yeah, man, I couldn't agree more, Aaron. Like, and I, I just try to run with that. Like, like last fall, like no. literally, like yeah, started literally started running. <laughs> running. I was like Cameron Ains, like special need nephew or something. Like, I was just trying to be like Cam Ains, but yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, that's kind of what I started to, started to do, and uh, with the goal of like elk, and so. Um, specifically elk yeah that that was kind of specifically it man um because i don't know it was kind of weird like growing up in southern alberta i like and there there are definitely like september archery rut elk guys but i didn't really know any like i most of the guys i knew like shot elk in like i don't know like during the winter they're like kind of out they're in like their their wintering range and stuff so Mm -hmm. i kind of wanted to like be that guy like that's something that that i really wanted and uh yeah so i just kind of started doing that i i went on like a scouting trip drove down to like the area i wanted to hunt hiked in just did lots of scouting saw like saw several bulls i was just like blown away i'm like holy crap this is amazing um and then i was actually listening to the like the gritty podcast again i've i've been like a big listener of that one yeah and he had uh, a guy named mark livesey on there and he he is uh tree line pursuits and he has uh, an elk e-scouting masterclass. Oh, cool. And um, and I decided to take that. I'm like, man, I like it's I can be as physical like fit physically as I want. I can shoot my bow as good as I want, but like I still know where to find these things. Yeah. Um, and so I took that and man, I'd recommend that to anybody. Like just the information was just really invaluable to like just understanding elk behavior, like feeding, just like it's like a, a 30 hour course that you go through. A bunch oh, of no kidding. Yeah. So it, it was great, man. And so you uh, said that's called the elk e-scouting masterclass. Yeah. So, so it's his, uh, it was, it's called tree line pursuits. Tree and line then, pursuits. Just for yeah. people out there. Yeah. 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 It, it was like, I think 80 American dollars. Wow. And uh, I, it was just so completely worth it. I, I'm doing it again. Like I'm taking it right now. I, I've kind of <laughs> grown, grown to love like e-scouting, like any chance I get, I'm just there on Google earth, you know, just like, Ooh, is that a, is that a wallow? <laughs> what, what is that? You know? <laughs> it is, yeah. That is a pretty, 
privilege we have with the modern day technology to be doing that kind of stuff with all like the 3d imaging and stuff like yeah yeah i think even that uh I hunt Alberta. I don't know if you have I hunt Alberta. Oh, totally, man. Yep. Dude, they, when they came out with the like 3D option where you can kind of like scroll down and see, yeah, that kind of very cool became an e scouting treasure piece. Yeah. But I, yeah. I, and like, I'll, I'll get more into like when I finally went elk hunting, but like, man, yeah. it totally translated, which I was like blown away by. Crazy. Um, yeah. Just like, just certain things you're like kind of looking for. Um, Cause like in my mind, what I thought elk would like was, just like different than like where I was actually finding elk. Yeah. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It's just interesting for sure. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's just kind of what I, what I did. I just kind of made that my focus. I bought, uh, some, some reeds, just practice cow calling, bugling anytime I was in my truck, kept shooting the bow. Um, yeah. And then September rolls around and, uh, my brother, he had like, let me know like, Hey man, we can like, go hunt mule deer like over the counter um in in southern alberta in some zones so so we did that and uh man i was not expecting to have like it's so much fun i did not tag out but we just like man we were in deer all day long and it was different <laughs> like it's like the badlands kind of stuff yeah and uh they were playing chess we were playing checkers <laughs> they were like so much smarter than oh. us I love that saying. Yeah. But like, dude, incredible. And like three days of just like, just trying to get into them and just like really rookie stuff. Like we had a time where we put some deer to bed, we snuck in, but we were just way too aggressive and they, they winded us and oh, one of them did. There was an old buck stood up and they all kind of walked out and there was like a couple of just really nice bucks. I can like send you pictures that I like got on my phone and stuff, but yeah, it was cool. it it was cool, but it's just like that stuff that you know Quaid kind of talked about in his like like there's nothing wrong with shooting smaller animals. There's there's nothing wrong. It's just like I don't want to say shooting animals as reps, but like getting stocks as reps or yeah. those things because like you can watch that on YouTube all day long, but you will you'll never know to to judge your wind to do all these yeah. different things. Try and put them all together to try and like get to the animal. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It was cool. That's something I did like, uh, like with that. And then I'm trying to remember, um, I think it was, I think Sean said it in the beginning when he was taught, like at the end of that first episode, when he was mm -hmm. talking about like potentially being a guide in the future or something. Yeah. I was talking about how like a majority of guys like miss that opportunity at the end. Cause they just forgot to do that. Like one last thing you know or they just didn't listen totally, to their yeah. guide or like you know they had like like you say like all these pieces of the puzzle but just one of them didn't click together and that's why you're going home empty-handed or whatever totally. and it's just uh yeah it's so crazy to think for sure that it's like in the kind of to touch on what we were talking about even earlier too like that same thing that you could throw all the money at it but you make like that one puzzle piece that doesn't connect and it just don't happen or you know, yeah. you can watch all the content in, about how to do it, but if you don't practice it perfectly, like it won't happen. Yeah, it's 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 true, man. And there's like, just not many things in life like that anymore. No, it, you know, there's not. And I think, like, I think that's what's drawn me so much to hunting. Like, yeah. I hunt because I want to fill my freezer. Um, I hunt because, like, I love animals. Like, I love elk and deer and trout more than 99% of human beings on this earth. 
yeah. you know, that's the reason I hunt. I hunt because I love wild places, but like, like, honestly, I think hunting draws me so much to it and specifically like backpack, like kind of hunting because yeah. it just, it tests you so much like as a man or a woman, if you're a woman. Absolutely. And that's just something that's so hard to find now, you yeah. know, and, and you can obviously get that in tons of different things, guys that do jujitsu or whatever, but like just for myself personally, like it tested me so much and it's just like, it's not many things where it's just like, it's you yourself. Like I need to figure out how I'm going to stay warm or I need to figure out these, what these animals are doing and, you know, just so many things like that. And then, um, Yeah. I think just to add to that too, I think like I was just having a really similar conversation with a coworker the other day that like there's unfortunately it seems like society's breeding a lot of men that like don't get tested very often in like yeah. those types of circumstances. Yeah, um, totally. And it was funny because the conversation came up about like what makes like a man or a woman like mm -hmm. strong, right? And yeah. it's like it. And it's not like, and you know, buddy at work was like, oh, there's a lot of like toxic traits to what's a strong, like masculine or whatever, what's a strong yeah. person. Right. And it's like, I, I get that, but I was like, you know, it's not like a, you know, as much as it is good to go to the gym and stay like in a good physique or whatever for your health, it's not so much like a rough and tough, like actual strength of muscle. Yeah. Um, as much as it is like a strength of mind. And I think we've lost that so much in society where, um, you know, there, I think it, we're, everything's just so like, again, like the, this whole conversation has been talking about like at our fingertips that yeah. all of a sudden, like life is going to hit you with something. Like we all get hit with something at different times in our life that, you know, is just extremely real and you're your only way to get through it is to like mentally deal with it and like mentally overcome it and become yeah. like mentally strong that way and uh yeah if you're not somewhat able to like you say like in the backcountry be able to test yourself like that or you know like it and like you said same thing like jujitsu and all these other things there's a lot of great things out there that like will give you that mental fortitude as well as you know maybe that physical fortitude as well but yeah yeah, yeah I, can, I couldn't agree more that like the world is absolutely not not catering more more so to like a soft like you were saying like people are just seem to be softer now yeah um and and i would agree i would 100 percent agree and, and it's, it's not so, sorry oh, go on. oh no go ahead i was just gonna say like it's it's not so much that like the softness is entirely a bad thing yeah but it's just like it in a standalone is also a very da dangerous setting where I think we can run into a lot of like mental health issues. Right. Like I, I agree, man. Yeah. Agree. And not to like get too into, you know, political yeah. <laughs> that's a whole, whole other podcast. But I just really do enjoy you talking about how like, yeah, you experience that out there and it's interesting how it, I think we all take like take from that a hundred percent. I think that's something that every single person that hunts, puts themselves through like yeah. there's no no one's omit from that but. and and i really like i i've had that in my life and i've i've tried to like you know be like a disciplined hard-working person like as much as i could but it, it really wasn't not until but when i went on so going back to like the elk hunt or the sorry the mule deer hunt um unsuccessful 
had an absolute blast, but we we didn't we didn't fill our tags. Um, yeah. And so the next week, um, me and my brother <laughs> were supposed to go for a week. Like I told him, like, hey man, let's do this. Let's do it right, or let's try and do it right. <laughs> we don't really know what. Let's try it. And then he event he kind of not like last minute, but he was like, yeah, I can't take a week off of work. I'm like, hey, what the <laughs> like what? No. And so I just decided, man, I'm going solo. Yeah. And um, yeah, and so I I e scouted an area uh in southern alberta pretty pretty remote like i had to access it through immediately like crossing a river where i like had to take my pants off and it was like you know <laughs> up up to my gens and i like crossed it and i like i'd called fish and wildlife to like double check like hey can quads access this drainage because i just like I didn't want to run into other hunters. That was kind of one of the main things. Like you're hunting public land. I just had really heard like, oh, dude, it's gonna be crawling with hunters. Hunters this, hunters that. Yeah. So I had like I pick I picked a pretty um pretty remote spot and uh, yeah, man, I just I hiked in, hiked in probably five six miles, and um, got got to my camp and set up and then just like set off. I guess like I was just like, all right, I'm trying to find some elk. So. Uh, headed to a like a little meadow that wasn't far that i kind of like identified east scouting and uh just started doing some kind of soft cow calls and um almost immediately this is no word of a lie a wolf comes trotting just on the other side of the meadow just inside the trees and my jaw just like drops i'm like holy crap couldn't believe it and i didn't even think like knock an arrow anything and he just came came running in and uh i was standing next to a tree and he like saw me and then he like he quickly dipped out and that was the first that was the first time i'd ever seen like a wolf in the wild i'm pretty sure um man it was incredible and then uh yeah hunted the rest of the day uh tried to like was kind of like finding sign but not really like i'd find like some some elk crap or a rub here or there but like it's tough to kind of put it together, especially when you've never done it. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's hunting, man. I just, I hunted until uh, I came into like a little meadow at the end of the kind of an hour before dark. And um, there was like some, some elk crap in there and I could tell like they were coming in and out of there and I just sat there for an hour and nothing. And then walk, walk back in the dark. And I won't lie. Like I wasn't scared really at all going solo until like soon as it started getting dark man like i was like kind of tripping out <laughs> so yeah. i had like i don't know what it was probably close to an hour or so back to back to camp in the dark with my headlight because like that's like the guys i'd followed like they talked about like man hunt till dark like so many guys like an hour before dark yeah you know they kind of all right let's get back or whatever so i was like really trying to push myself so uh hiked back slept in slept in the tent um cooked a little you know, freeze dried meal and went out for the next day. Um, and then I, I hiked into a different, that time I went into like the Southern part of the drainage. And then I started going to the Northern part Yeah. and, um, man, not even 500 yards from camp. There was two wolves just running right on the trail, right in front of me. Probably they were probably a hundred yards in front of me, but I'm like, Holy crap. And then, the whole kind of drainage I was in was just alive with, um, with howling. It was amazing. But I was also in my back of my head, like, 
this is not good for elk hunting. <laughs> yeah. You know, but it was just, it was so cool, man. So I just kind of kept wandering around, um, kind of going to those places that I identified. Um, and then I'd hike to what I thought would be like a pretty good glassing vantage to the top of a ridge. And I yeah. got to the top and I just felt like the wind hit the back of my neck and go over. I was on the south side. And then I could just feel the wind went over under the north and I just heard something crashing through the trees. And I'm like, oh man, like I just spooked something. Way. And um, I'm like, shoot. And I actually, I had service. So I had one friend that's, he's been hunting his entire life. I like called him. I'm like, dude, like, and I actually had, uh, I'd been another guy that I'd bought his truck actually. And he was a guide. He's from Grand Prairie and he's an elk guide. We just kind of so happened to like meet. I bought his truck and he was like kind of my lifeline as well. I would call him, text him all the time. Yeah. And he was just like my mentor. And he's like, it's okay, Spence, kind of a thing. Here's what you'll do. Yeah. And so I just kind of kept walking. And then I walked probably not even 100 yards from that spot. And I came across, if you were to look up elk wallow in a dictionary, this is what that was. There's a, <laughs> a picture next to it. A, just the most beautiful elk wallow. There was like trees rubbed everywhere. There was mud coming in and out, of, like all over the place. And uh, I took some pictures. I went back to where I had service. I texted them. I'm like, should I sit this? They're like, dude, you don't move off that thing. And so I sat there from like 11, uh, just before noon to almost dark. Not a thing. Um, it was, but I was like, that's what they, that's what I should do. So I just sat there all day long, just kind of by myself. And that stuff, as well as kind of we were talking about, you don't get that a lot, like, on your own. You're just literally by yourself with your thoughts yeah. all day long. That. And I think, like, people forget, too, like, you get so consumed with, say, people, like, living in the city and society and phones and this and that, like, that there are still places, and especially in Canada, like, there's, like, guys in Europe don't have a lot of it sometimes, guys here, yeah. like, a lot of, there's a lot of places where you can't just find yourself by yourself in a space that's been just, demolished by elk you know <laughs> like, yeah you know, like, ab absolutely like that's such a treasured memory of just that moment in general it's crazy yeah. to think about yeah and that's like the thing too like i just would never have had this experience if i didn't just like kind of like you know what i'm gonna do this i'm gonna buy a bow yeah. and you know whatever and i yeah. think a lot of people kind of like well should i do this it doesn't have to be hunting at all it can be whatever but like you know, when, when we're not taking risks and we're kind of continually taking like the safer route, it's kind of like you said, you can get to the end of your life and you're like, man, I could have, things could have been very different, yeah. you know? And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It can be, it could definitely pay off and sometimes for the good, sometimes for the bad taking that, Absolutely. Video, you know, yeah. but that's just life, right? Like, Oh, it doesn't matter what you do. Yeah. It can be totally, run both ways. Yeah. Yeah, totally, man. So, but yeah, I, I just sat that the entire day <laughs> and then it was just about, just about dark. And I like probably had, I don't know, an hour and a half to two hour hike back, probably like an hour and a half. And uh, same thing, man. Like it's dark. There's just this part of like, it's like, it was more so the mountains and the foothills of Southern Alberta kind of as where they met. And yeah, uh, man, there's just grizzly tracks everywhere. And like, I just was seeing wolves. I'm like, whew. And that was a part of the thing I was thinking as well. I'm like, what am I doing? I have two young kids at home and a wife. And I'm like out here by myself, but it's like, it's what I love, you know? You know, it, it's just weird. It, it made connections. Like 
in my brain that I didn't know were there. You know, it like filled a, a cup that I didn't know needed to be filled almost. Yeah. And uh, so anyways, hiked back, no problems, went back to the tent, uh, cooked up a meal. And I remember that night, I like, this is like a whole nother topic, but like getting the proper gear to do this kind of stuff. I just was using like a sleeping bag that was not graded for like the colder weather. And, and that night, man, I got so cold. I remember I had to turn my jet boil on and like hovered over it because I was just so yeah. cold. And uh, woke up that morning and looking back now, I'm not sure why I did, but I decided I'm going to pull out. I'm going to go to another area that I've, I've scouted out. That was kind of another thing in the e-scouting thing. He's like, you need to have like four or five separate areas completely scouted that you can like pull out go to yeah like fall um, back yeah just like fall back on so that's so that's what i did I, I packed up hiked out and uh went to another area that um another kind of hard access i had to cross a, a fairly big river and then climb like just a huge ridge to get into but i was like man i am not going to see another soul in here and i think it could be good so that's what i did pulled out made the hike and actually as i was going down to the river i uh it was kind of a steep kind of cliff and i had my um my bow on my pack and i like fell cam right into like the rocks i'm like oh no i've just oh, ruined man. everything but it got down there i like pulled it back seemed like everything was fine who knows timing whatever but oh, yeah. um anyway started started hiking in and as i'm hiking in i look way up on this ridge it's probably I'm not good with distances, probably a thousand foot climb or more. Like it was just straight vertical. And I see two dudes standing on top of the ridge. <laughs> no and I'm way. like, you're kidding. I just crossed this river. I just almost busted my bow. I'm like in my underwear crossing a river in Crocs. And there's these two guys <laughs> right in the area I'm about to go to. But I'm like, yeah, I'm here. So I like made the climb and uh, they were just gone. Never saw them again. I'm like, what? wow. And I actually got to the top. I was just gassed, sat down. I look, and there's a black bear, probably 300 yards, just sitting right down there. And I'm like, holy smokes. And I was going for elk, but at the same time, like as a new hunter, you kind of just want to get like, you know, kills under your belt, as bad as that sounds, but it's kind of how it is. Not like, yeah. not in a way as like, I'm going to just kill this thing and disregard it, but like to be successful in what you're doing um yeah. to kind of try and like we were talking about putting it together and yeah. so uh I, I like made a play on this bear um he was just in this open kind of southern face and there was like a rock outcropping i'm like oh i can sneak right to that and it looks like it's gonna be a 40 yard shot super stiff wind right in my face the wind's perfect i sneak down there get to the rocks he's like 120 yards i'm like frick i'm not very good with yardage <laughs> And so, uh, but it was super good. I just like made plays, got closer, got closer as he was kind of feeding. And then um, he eventually fed over the top of like a little knob and there were some aspens on the other side. And I'm like, man, as soon as he gets over there, I'm going to rush up there and, and get there. And um, I did that and he was just like gone. Didn't, wow. didn't see him. It was, it was the strangest thing. I looked around. Then I just started like cow calling and uh, yeah. then I saw he was only probably 30 yards away from me. He was just kind of hidden and he was kind of messing around. And I'm like, holy smokes. And I knocked an arrow. I ranged him. I drew back, but I didn't have a good shot. And I was like, 
I just didn't want to like force a shot to force a shot. Yeah. And then he uh, just kind of the wince world. He saw me and he was out of there. Wow. Yeah. So it was, it was something else. Um, but anyways, kind of just to fast forward, I just kind of kept hiking, hunting. This was, I think kind of day three solo found a spot, um, glassed up a grizzly, not, not too terribly far from like where I camp. Just like, man, it was just super cool. Yeah. And, uh, my brother was supposed to come out and meet me, but uh, I was pretty kind of like remote and I won't lie. Like as like for my first kind of outing, I like mentally was like not defeated, but a little like worn down, Yeah, you know, kind of your first time and it's just kind of all new. And, and so I told my brother, I'm like, Hey man, don't worry about it. I'll hike out tomorrow and I'll come meet you. Like we'll go hunt another area. And so that's what we did. I, I hiked out and uh we went hunting the next day and then we actually um finally had some success we were hunting in an area that we've hunted a couple times before and we we spied a black bear and um just kind of made the right play and uh we're able to get to within like probably 60 70 yards and he made just i told my brother i'm like hey i'm like let's not mess this up with the bow just like let's get something (laughs) so we uh he made a great shot and then we were just like overcome man like it'd been like three years of like kind of hunting on and off but finally something like you know came together and it was just like awesome and then like kind of a funny side note we're sitting there not even a minute later we're just kind of like this is the best i look up not even 70 yards away there's another bear on the ridge i'm like damn hand me the gun no And, and this is like me being just like a rookie with a rifle i like he just had the safety on. He had one in there. Safety was on. I like try to jack one out. I'm like messing around. This bear like sees me. And then he just like, he gets out of there and he's gone. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, ah, come on. Crazy. But, but, uh, but yeah, it was, it was awesome to finally have it happen. Now that was the first animal that we, uh, so we skinned him out. We, uh, we didn't take all the meat. Sorry, Quaid. I know you're going to be upset by this. <laughs> we didn't take all the meat. Uh, but we definitely took some meat meat home with us, took took the cape. And uh, it was just great to, like, have that experience. Oh, you know, 100%. Fi- like, finally, right? Like, it was like, finally something kind of came together. That's hunting, like, it seems like, though. But Well, and I think, like, well, like you say, how you guys would have just been so stoked to share that together after, like, three years of running oh, into man. and stuff. It's, Absolutely. like, makes it such a relief. But even it just was. like how much you got tested by yourself, like you got man, like going back and then like you got tested by just like how you were at nighttime alone, mm-hmm. you know, like wolves and bears and like other predators around that are like a lot of people would shy away from and already leave, you know, uh, like running into other hunters and stuff too, like, you know, yeah, falling, it's just... like spooking elk. Like there's just so many things like that, that like, you've had to persevere through all of that to even just get to a point where it was like, and then we had some form of success. It's like, it's not yeah, even man. just getting out there and doing it. It's like, okay, well now you have to get all this stuff that shuts you down and tests you and makes you, like you say, you trip out at night. Like I, I'm like that still at, at dark time, like oh man, I'm still me walking right around, <laughs> but, I, but then it's like rewarding. Right. Because like, even if I don't end up with something, I'm like, dude, like, that's crazy going in and out of there in the pitch black and you hear stuff or you spook something or whatever, you know, you're like, 
even though it sucks if you spook something you're always like oh boy spooks the shit out of you too right <laughs> oh absolutely man um, and and like we were saying like you know it's just it's cool too because like i know this has kind of been touched on before but like we're all on instagram we see all the success mm-hmm. but it's not till you like get out there you realize like no it's just not like that like you actually yeah. have to work your ass off and, and sometimes it just it all comes together quick sometimes it doesn't but like that's mm-hmm. the experience and that's like as we were talking about the stuff that tests you that's it's hard to find but it's so critical to growth you know like kind that's of finding that stuff you know so yeah, but yeah it, it was awesome man we had that happen uh pulled up stakes i headed back to edmonton uh worked went back to work this was kind of probably the second or third week of september and then yeah. I planned another another trip. And and I'm very fortunate, I should say this, that with my work, I can like if I'm buying the amount of like trucks and stuff that I need, like they're they're completely fine with us like taking off for a couple of days or this and that. Yeah. Right? So I'm very fortunate that way. Like I wasn't hunting weekends. Like I, yeah. I planned it pretty specifically, like I'm gonna hunt on a Monday through like mm-hmm. the week kind of a thing. But yeah. Um so anyways, uh yeah, I planned another trip. And I went back out uh, like a week or two later and just a whole, like a new area. Um, kind of similar, probably I'm guessing to like where Sean kind of hunts that area, you know, kind of part of Southern Alberta, but, um, but just identifying a drainage, started hiking in, um, drove, I think I left Edmonton like three in the morning and got there around, I don't know, seven or eight and uh, hiked yeah. in and then got into the drainage and, and similar, like, you just don't know what you're doing. It's like, I don't know. So I got in there. I'm like, I guess I'll just send out a bugle. They t- always talk about location bugles. So I yep. sent I sent out a bugle and almost immediately a bugle right back. And I'm like, so I'm in this drainage there. It's like an east west running drainage. The north, uh, like the north facing is like dark timber. The south facing is kind of more open aspen stuff. Um, and out of the dark timber comes just like another, again, if you were to look up elk bugle in a dictionary, this is it. It's just perfect. And I'm like, nah, that's a hunter. But I was also like, holy crap, like just so taken back by it. And it it felt like I was standing there for minutes. It was probably only a couple seconds, but I'm like, okay, you need to bugle back. (laughs) So (laughs) I, I bugled back and just immediately bugles back with like some chuckles. Um, kind, kind of where they you know kind of whatever and i'm like holy crap like this could be a hunter but this could definitely be an elk too yeah that's so funny yeah oh man like i was just so i bombed off there i could see kind of the draw that it was coming from like there's super thick but I could see the draw and then i'm like okay took off my pack got the bow out beagle tube in hand and i just like you know you just kind of headed in there and then kind of just slowly still hunting it um and I kind of came across pretty soon. I found like not exactly a wallow, kind of a wallow, but more of like a spring. And there was just rub trees everywhere. And I'm like, holy crap. And so I sent off my um, my elk uh, buddy that I that I'd met. He's like, when you come across like rubs and stuff, he's like, just send off like some sh- some short kind of sharp like bugles, like no- nothing crazy, not like a couple seconds. So I did that, and immediately a response from it seemed like only a couple hundred yards up up this draw and that's when i knew like this is an elk like it was 
like a prehistoric creature shaking the forest. Like it was crazy. And uh, just kind of kept making my way up, just thinking we were going to come to blows. And as elk do, he just turned into a ghost, like gone. And I got to the top of the ridge and I'm just like, but I could tell like I was in their bedroom. Like it just smelt like elk. There was shit everywhere. They were like, I could just tell they were there, but I'm assuming this, this bull rounded up his cows and he got out of there. Um, Cause it kind of, kind of from what I would have done different now, I probably wouldn't have bugled as much for sure. Cause like looking back, like he had cows and he's like, why do I want to fight you? I already got these cows. We'll just dip. Yeah. And so, uh, but like, man, it was the craziest thing. I got to the top of this Ridge and it was kind of an open area and I just sat there and I could just hear the Valley was just alive with bugles. And it was, just the most amazing experience so i was like okay that was cool so i i hunted kind of back down and around kept finding sign and um my buddy he's like hey man like buy a buy a trail camera and if you come across like wallows or things just kind of set it up and you can like kind of check it um i don't think that's illegal hopefully guys if it is i'm sorry (laughs) i will repent and change um (laughs) yeah so so that's what I did. I, I went back, hung a camera, and then basically just went on a death march up this up this drainage. And I was like, I'm just going to keep trying to see what I can find. I set up camp, and I just kept going. So I went on a big old, big old march up there, went to the very back, and uh, marked or um, hiked around the ridge that I, I, like, found those elk on, but, like, a couple – kilometers or miles away so i hiked in there um didn't find anything and this is like fast forwarding a couple out well quite a few hours it's like probably seven o'clock at night and i got to an opening and i'm getting closer to where those elk originally were and i send off a bugle and i can hear a bugle and like return immediately i'm like he's still there and so man i i just start busting ass like running <laughs> bugle and it's like bust like would have looked so funny but uh just trying to get there before it was dark because it was like it was almost dark and i was getting close and he was returning bugles um but i ultimately decided like like it was almost dark and i was like man i I don't want to like blow him out of here like i can hunt him in the morning i know where they're at and so i just kind of bailed off the mountain i probably had about an hour hike back to my tent and uh i'm hiking down and it's dark as well and like we were saying before like as soon as it gets dark man i'm kind of tripping out yeah and so i'm going and I, I have my call in my mouth and i'm going i'm going and i hit kind of the bottom where like a tiny like a little creek would be a little draw it was kind of dried up but i just start hearing crashing through the woods and it's like like twilight ish um so i can still kind of see yeah and i'm like oh my goodness like what did i just bump and i just start cow calling and whatever it was stopped and i get my binos out and i just start scanning and it's like an open aspen um kind of hillside and the first elk of the whole trip i'm looking through at my binos at like a hundred yards maybe wow and i just couldn't believe it so i bumped him and he's he was a satellite bull and he wanted to get out of there there was him and then a smaller bull and i just i just kept cow calling cow calling cow calling and he would come in and then he'd go back out he'd come in he'd go back out and at first i was thinking like 
this is a cool experience, but he's definitely going to just get out of here. But he just yeah. kept coming in and coming in. And I like kind of did like, they call it like an estrus wine, like a cow in heat. And I yeah. had, I had great wind. Wind was in my face. He couldn't smell me. And it was dark. He couldn't see me. And so he came in and then I knocked an arrow and I'm like, I think I'm going to get a shot. And uh, I got my rangefinder out. And this is to anybody that's hunting. Do not buy a Vortex Impact 1000 rangefinder because the retinal is black. <laughs> so I go to range them and it's dark out and I can't read the freaking range. So I like had to point it up into the sky to like see how far he was because to get enough light to read the screen. Yeah. And I'm like, holy crap, he's at 60 yards. And I'd arrange him again and he'd be at like 50 yards. Then he'd be at 70. And he was just kind of coming back and forth. And then he stayed, he stayed at 60 and he was slightly quartering away, um, kind of slight uphill shot, put my pins on him, settled and just let it rip and just heard that just like that. Wah! Yeah. And I could not believe it. And then he, there was a, there was a bench just above him. He, he turned. So his ass was facing me and he started going up and I could just see my arrow sticking out the side of him. And I just thought, holy smokes, did this, how did this just come together? And I, I kept Cal calling, so he kind of stayed, and he didn't go 15, 20 yards, and he, uh, he, he piled up right there. And, man, it was just the most amazing experience. Like, I, I went up there, and he was still kind of holding on, and I was, you know, 10 feet away from him, just kind of sitting there watching him. And, whew, it was heavy, man. It was just kind of like – months of all this preparation just kind of crashing down and Dude, yeah. um it was surreal man it was very surreal and then quickly i realized like there's like a horse dead here and i need to like quarter it <laughs> yeah. and, and take care of it <laughs> and i'd never done that like i literally had a how to do the gutless method by randy newberg saved on my phone and i just like <laughs> i pulled that out and i literally started watching it and um, I started working on the back ham, and um, I quickly realized, like, I'm going to be here till four in the morning or something. It's going to take me, like, four hours. And so yeah. I, uh, I just gutted him and pulled his guts out and then dropped a pin and then uh, hiked out. And uh, my brother lived within a couple hours. So I hiked a couple hours to, uh, to my truck, ripped to his place. We got a quad. Um, drove as far as we could back in next morning. Um, nothing, nothing touched him, um, completely undisturbed. And uh, we quartered him, man, and, and we packed him out of there. And it was the most Dude. amazing experience, man. It was so, so, it was so cool. <laughs> so those are the pictures then of you, like, quartering him would have been that morning with your brother then yep. doing it? Yep. So that's the following Dude. morning. Yeah. So and, then... and, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Here you go. Right. Oh, I was just going to say, even that morning, there's just still bulls bugling. We're quartering this elk and there's just bulls. <laughs> and, oh, man, it's magical. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. <laughs> no, it's just so freaking, you know, man, like, just good for you for doing that and for achieving that and putting in all the work and everything. Like, good on you. Because that's like, it's just so funny when you're like, I got the YouTube videos saved on my phone and I start kind of <laughs> doing that. And it's like, you know truly so <laughs> yeah, but i mean it's like you have to like you you can't be omit from those experiences you know what i mean like everybody has to 
go in there and do it at some point and put in the work and totally. and now it's like you have that on your belt and it's like the next one is that much easier that much more straightforward when the situation arises or whatever right it's like yeah there's that game plan but it's so like daunting especially when you know unfortunately a lot of activity is right before it gets dark you know and like totally and you know like like i've done that where i pulled the trigger on a moose and i'm just like well shit you know like (laughs) this is gonna be a long night and you know sure you went back to your brother's place you grabbed the quad like my guess is that you i don't know if you tried to sleep but like oh dude i got there anyway like i got it in his place (laughs) at like two in the morning and then we got up at like five (laughs) <laughs> yeah so you probably want to talk to him about it the whole oh, time you're like, dude yeah. this is nuts and then you, you're probably laying there thinking like hopefully nothing happens to him and he's still there when i get back and it's like yeah that's it the hardest sleep, sleep to it have was, i was gonna like, say it was a sleepless night for sure yeah. but, so man. it's like no matter what way you do it it's it's hard but it's good to yeah get the extra set of hands get out there do it in the daylight get it done and it's good that nothing was it was all salvaged and stuff that's just a yeah. That's such an incredible story, man. Like, and especially given everything leading up to it, I love how you we were just talking about getting the bow. You know, yeah. watching, doing your research, watching the uh, master class for the e scouting there, and doing all that stuff. And no, man, it's just like you you've done the hard work. You put it all together. You put the pieces together. You had your failures. You learned from things that were like, Hey, it wouldn't do this and wouldn't do that. And still from that, there's something you can take from it for the next one to, you know, be different or better. But dude, that's such an incredible first story. And even like, I love how that bears tied into it. And I think honestly, this is a big reason too with like the podcast stuff is like, you know, from me trying to do some, you know, and I feel bad being like, Oh, uh, new to hunting because you've been around it your whole life still but like new to you know it seriously you could say <laughs> yeah so i feel bad about you know it. it's no no like, it's true happens. man it's 100 percent true but it, it's like you know to to go out and do all of that stuff and like so again i guess like what i was saying with the with the podcast it's like i can tell by your instagram and like your content out there that like I've seen your brothers like with next to the bear picture, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's like I've seen these pictures of like your guys' success, and I'm like, dude's like right into it. Went from like because I think you had the one picture that was like shot my first whitetail or something, like probably your first whitetail yeah. that you like you say you took serious or whatever. Yeah. So I, I assume that to be one of your first, and then I was like, yeah, it was. Yeah. I like looked at a post and it was like 80 weeks ago or something like that, and I'm like dude, that's not even like a year and a half ago and Buddy got a bow and him and his brother got a bear and an elk. I'm like, this dude's like on fire with this shit. Yeah, dude. Like, it was just, I don't I don't know how else to say it besides like, we can all just do it, man. Like, I don't know. And kind of leading up to this too, like a sentiment that I would get a lot from guys is like, oh, I don't know, man. Like these public lands are just, they're hunted out or it's too yeah. hot. The elk are, they're not going to be doing anything. There's too many predators. There's this and there's that. And like, mm-hmm. it's all factors, but like, and, and just because you want it doesn't mean it's going to happen. But like, I, I just feel like kind of like we were talking about it. Like if you want to do those things and you're, you're really doing your due diligence and like trying to like incorporate the things you're learning, whatever, like mm-hmm. you're just going to be so far ahead of like that steep end of the learning curve that like success has got to be somewhere <laughs> around the corner. Well, and, um, you know that and i think like the perseverance is huge in like the stories that you're telling because like dude 
man, I've nothing pisses me off more than when I go out, you know, when I go to the the close stuff, like when I go to the in-laws and I'm, mm-hmm. you know, in the bow zone. And I just I like the bow zone a lot, like I've mentioned before. And I think Quaid even mentioned because it's the spot close to home or whatever. Right. But it's totally. like, you know, that's my little cheater. I'll go out and it's, you know, 15 minutes away from me and I can get out and still be on some pretty dang decent big game and it's like totally but it's not the greatest like i said it's not you know i still have yet to decide if it's all what it's hyped up to be or if i should just spend (laughs) the time driving more or whatever but yeah it's one of those things that like nothing drives me more nuts than getting up crazy early getting out there when it's pitch black getting out to like where my stand is or where i'm going on their property like really early and then you get into the stand and you blow something out or you somehow spook something or like the situation doesn't go as planned. It's like, I'm so, so many times have I like still sat it out and hoped that that didn't ruin it. But knowing damn well, that whole set, like ain't nothing coming back. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and so it's like, you know, when guys are saying to you like, Oh, there's too many predators and yada, yada. It's like, to me, it just sounds like there's been guys that have gone out and, seen the wolves that you've seen or mm-hmm. you know seen the other guys that you've seen and they're like oh well shit now i'm turning around and going home it, that blows it for me you know yeah and thinking that because they seen a wolf or a predator or they seen other hunters or because they missed opportunities or they spooked an elk and it went crashing through the trees like they would immediately just pack it up and be like well save my ass some time now and go home and enjoy the weekend at home or whatever you know but it's like to persevere through all of that shit is like exactly like you say yeah there are those challenges on public land and and, and a lot of hunting yeah. but it's like if you, if you just pack it up and make an excuse and that's the to go directly back to what we were talking about with the cameron Haynes stuff it's it's so easy to make an excuse and not do it than to be like well that didn't turn out right try again like try absolutely, again absolutely man and, that, around, so. and that's been like a common thread like like when I was listening to like Quaid and uh, Hyphenson and whatever, like just the persistence and, and that's, it's just what it comes down to, you know, mm-hmm. like if you're willing just to stick it out more than the next guy, like something's going to happen eventually. Yeah. Like Hyphenson talked about, like you can tell that guy hunts his ass off and he had oh, something yeah. like a, a couple seasons of like getting so close, but just not quite being able to seal the deal, but just continuing, yeah. continuing, continuing. Yeah. keep hammering you know shameless plug to Kevin Hayes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. but, but it does um, that for you right like it, it keeps but you wanting exactly and it's like you're saying there's just not a shortcut like that's what it yeah. is you just got to keep going yeah and uh freaking dude that moment for you and your brother like you're telling me that story now and this is something that will be online for people to listen to but i guarantee when your kids are older and you guys are older, like that's still going to be like that bear and that elk. Like those are still going to be moments that you share all the time. Cause those oh, were man, yeah. the first, you know, like. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Absolutely, man. Yeah. So, it's so cool, man. It's so cool. Dude. I just appreciate you sharing that story. And it's just so naturally got from, I just think, you know, your experience in the outdoors and your family and everything to you and your brother to it. It just, I love how naturally it kind of came together. You told it really, really well too. It's just really cool to listen oh, to. I, from my, like, I, I love pre- it. I appreciate it, man. It was kind of a long a story, but like a, just a process, I guess. Um, but you know, that's the stuff that again, to touch on the Instagram thing, like 
I just quite can't quite get that. And I think honestly, that's a big reason I started this too, is because I just can't quite get those details. And I mean, some guys, you know, you'll write out a longer post and like, that's Mm -hmm. nice. And it's nice to sit down and read it all, but it's like to sometimes just hear the emotion and the frustration and the success. And it's just, I can just like visualize it in my brain so much. And it, it probably doesn't look exactly how it was at all, but it just, yeah, it's so cool to picture that yeah yeah well i'm glad i got to share it man like i don't know i was definitely in like the camp of like this is super tough i don't know and it is but like hey anybody can do it man go buy a good pack some good boots some good boots and like give it your all and like sustainable for sure if that's what you want to do yeah and i think that's words to live by for so many things in life you know and i don't think it's until people start putting those things in motion that they realize like oh damn it's like you almost surprised yourself. And I was actually going to ask you that, like I had that kind of written down too, is something was like, how did it feel to have that success? And not necessarily so early on, because you had had a lot of trial and error, but. Yeah, no doubt, man. Um, Like, did you surprise yourself? Like, were you like, oh, shit, that? Like, I I was genuinely like, yeah, incredibly surprised. Just because like up until that point, I hadn't even seen an elk. Yeah, you know, like I, I'd seen signs. I had bugled yeah. with that one earlier in the day, but you I hadn't. Phys- to them. Yeah, I was talking with them, but I hadn't physically laid eyes on an elk yet. So, so yeah, I was, I was absolutely surprised. And then, like, just yeah, the feelings, man. Like I, I kind of mentioned, like it just kind of all came crashing down. I'd be lying if I like said if I, I didn't shed a couple tears, like when I was just kind of yeah. sit, sitting there with them, like in the dark and yeah. stuff, and and oh yeah. Um, but man, it was whew, just something I'm gonna be doing every September for the rest of life, or right? as yeah. long as I can, as long as my legs will carry me, man. I'm I'm gonna be out there doing that. So, oh, yeah. and so before uh, going on to, the, I was gonna just mention to you just to plug your Instagram is Spencer Milla, like M I L L A twenty five, right? Yeah, yep, that's okay. it. I just wanted to plug that in there because I know I like plug them in randomly throughout the episodes and I feel bad because I'm talking about like these photos that you have up, like all the stuff that you're doing, and I genuinely. <laughs> I just genuinely like your content, especially because it's like you're out there with your kids. They're like loving it. It's just yeah. cool shit to see, and that's the way it should be. But no, I appreciate um, it. So then, what do you got? Like, same, you're doing the elk thing this fall, or you like, what's your plan now you, for this? You know, year? man, it's it's definitely going to be a similar similar situation. I will be getting no, probably no draws. Um, I'm still yeah. quite a, quite a few years out, so I'll be hunting uh, mule deer probably early nice. September, early as I can. Similar to like, I think Quaid kind of mentioned that. Um, yeah. And I haven't talked about mule deer much, but boy, they have been occupying a space in my mind. <laughs> and I really want success there. Um, I, I yeah. actually did shoot uh, a doe mule deer last year, but nice. um, which has been fantastic. Filled the freezer with that. Um, but yeah, so we'll be doing that um, as much as much elk as I can. Um, my, my brother, he's going to be pulling, hopefully, uh, a tag that he's been putting in for about 10 years uh, for, a, for bull moose in Southern Alberta. So uh, going to be doing as much as we can there to, to help him get that. Um, and then, yeah, man, I'm, uh, I'm definitely starting to get the sheep bug. <laughs> That's yeah. another one. I'm like, Oh buddy, you, I need to get a few more animals under my belt. Cause kind of, as we we're talking about like the obsessive thing, once I start, yeah. sheep, I feel like I'll be obsessed. <laughs> Yeah, it seems like sheep guys are built just—they're just different characters. So I don't know if I'm quite ready to jump into that yet, but hopefully on the horizon. 
If any sheep guys are listening to this, you want to connect it. Yeah. <laughs> Shapeless plug. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's that's kind of what I'll be up to. Of course, whitetail. And then I live in Edmonton, so I'd like to, you know, I I, I don't want to drive six hours every time I want to hunt. So it'd be yeah. cool to, to hunt around around Edmonton, hunt the bow zone and yeah, and, and kind that's, of go from there. So that's what I found the hardest with my son being as young as he is was like okay, there's all these things I want to get out on and tags coming up and stuff like draws coming up and stuff that I want to get out on. But yeah, it's like, it's hard to juggle that. Like, okay, stay kind of close to home for some of it and then kind of make the ones count that you can get out for and really. Totally. Totally. And I haven't, and I haven't mentioned this at all, but man, I have just the best supportive wife. I sound like she she might be here like, Hey, say that. But, um, but I really do. She like, she fully supports me. Like, I remember like during the summer, I was like, I had like a pack and it was just like a whatever pack. I think it's from Mount Warehouse. Yeah. Um, and I was just humming and hawing about getting like an actual hunting pack. And she's like, well, you dipshit, you want to hunt, just buy the pack. Like you're going to yeah. use it. I'm yeah. like, okay. So yeah, super lucky there. Like yeah. when she finally, like when she tasted like that first elk steak, she was like, Hey, you're, you're getting one of these every year. <laughs> she was, uh, We've like we've literally eaten just elk. The occasional time, if we want nice. like a, a nice fatty steak, we'll go buy a steak. But we've literally yeah. just been eating wild game. Wow, so, that's uh, so awesome, man! So awesome for the kids too to grow up with that, and it's so awesome. Totally, man. Yeah, and so, I should probably throw that out there too that I've never mentioned that, but also have a very supportive wife. And uh, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of critical when you're <laughs> no, but it, honestly, kids. like, and I don't mean to throw her right under the bus after and be like, it surprised me. Like that don't mean like, that sounds terrible. <laughs> but it's like, no, I just, it, it was one of those things that I was like, Oh no. Like when, uh, you know, same kind of thing when I was getting all this stuff, like, cause we've been together now, like nine years, I think. Yeah. I remember when I was getting into it all, I was like, Oh, she might be like this kid and his OCD with a new hobby and wanting <laughs> to get into something new or whatever. You know, I thought it was kind of going to be this like, Oh, whatever. And yeah, same. It was just like, whole way and I remember yep. she's the first person I'll call every time you know yeah I'm get caught and it's just like the same like no way like this excitement that yeah. I'm just like, I didn't expect you to be amped about it you know what I mean I was yeah. like hell yeah you know I thought you'd just be like hey right on cool you coming home yeah. like, <laughs> same thing dude as yeah. soon as I got service I just called called my wife crying like I did it <laughs> <laughs> that's funny uh, man yeah it's that's just a- fun to be able to share in those experiences together right like it's cool oh and especially in the heat of the moment it's one thing to tell the story now but dude when you're in that emotion like that's yeah that's something that is really hard to recreate telling the story ever and it's just you know it's one of those things that that's why you want to tell the story so much is because that's so powerful those moments that you're in for sure but totally man well, oh, awesome, dude. dude. Well, hey, thanks for having me on, man. I was just gonna say, hey, let's uh, when you're back. I'm also leaving this week, but we're back. Let's go shoot some 3D, dude. Let's do it. I'm 100 yeah. down, like 100. Yeah, yeah um, I would definitely. Uh, I would. I'd be down for that for sure. So yeah, well, let's do that, and then uh, yeah, I definitely want to keep in touch, dude. I want to know, you know, like I hope you do have the best of luck, you know, coming into September and everything, and you and your brother, and dude, 100 with that moose, like. Yeah, yeah, if you guys have something down there, I want to. I'm for sure going to be keeping an eye out for it all. You know what I mean? As yeah. soon as I see something like that, I'm going to freak out for you guys. But, you know, even just talking to you, man, I'd love to have you on again in the future. And, 
yeah, if something big comes up in the next year, that's an unreal story. Feel free to shoot a message. Cause I'd love to have you on again and yeah. Talk about any future success you have too. So. Totally, man. Hey, I appreciate it. Cool. Yeah, no, thanks, Spencer. Uh, yeah, you take care, man. You have a great night. Thank you again. Hey, you too, man. We'll see you. Okay, see you. Bye.